Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Spray On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at ServicePatriots.com slash the fan. You know, you might think about taking Jesus Christ as your Savior instead of fooling around with all this stuff. Ah, Jesus. This is Dirt and Sprague. I like him very much. He no help You trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brandon Sprague. What the hell's going on out here? Well, Nick's scared because his eyelids are jammed and his old man's here. We need a live, was it a live rooster? We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove, and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. That's all we got. One damn hit. I can't say damn on here. Don't worry. Nobody's listening anyway. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app, 99.5 HD2, youtube.com slash... 1080 The Fan. YouTube comments uh, section, always fun to be a part of that. And if you miss any of the uh, hours of the show, hour one today, hour two or three, or any other show in their hours, check it out at 1080 The Fan, the podcast section, or what we like to call the Service Patriots podcast section. Yes, Look at this, look at that! I'm downloading that now as we speak. You can check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Who's claiming I'm a flopper on the old uh, <laughs> YouTube chat? Oh, they're claiming you're a flopper, huh? They don't know me at all. Wow. Wow. That's uh, kind of offensive. I am offended. <laughs> oh, I love it. I like it. I, I tend to not call fouls dots. unless it's like blatantly <laughs> obvious because I want to hack the crap out of you at the other end. I love this why I can't even connect the dots that I was the one that posted that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I didn't even look at the name. <laughs> Andy Johnson swag one hundred percent flops. Somebody said if Dirt was had to be on the main stage, I'd go to uh, I'd pull a Draymond Green, just punch somebody in the face and get kicked out of the game. Like I'm out of here, screw you, gone. Come from behind, swag yeah. and do the chokehold like Gobert. <laughs> what? Well, well, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to choke anybody. Oh, you're kicked out. Okay, I'm going home. You can also reach us at 503-864-6326. That is our Vancouver Ford text line. We appreciate Vancouver Ford for becoming a part of this show even more and the station than they already have been. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them for more information at VancouverFord.com. 
Uh, I am not going to get to Cam Newton and his opinion on game managers. <laughs> I have a real role right now, personally, where I'm hearing former athletes that were pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. They're just leaning into the hot take stuff, and they're just giving awful opinions. Gilbert Arenas did this yesterday. He said, Sewer Thompson of the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> He's out. He's out on him. He's not a real piece. He's only scoring 10 points per game. Gilbert Arenas averaged 10 points per game his rookie year. It's a weird take to have. Cam Newton, not in the league, not wanted by anybody. But, yeah, go off and tell us who's a game manager. <laughs> I will say about Cam Newton, I, I disagreed with the take, and you know how I feel about Cam Newton. He gave this take in a very weird hat, so kudos uh, for A that. weird outfit. He is wearing overalls over a sweater, uh. which is over a button-up shirt that has a popped collar and a loose tie. And I just wanted to itch all over because I hate layers. This right here, a sweatshirt over a t-shirt, this is it. You do not, I do not do layers. I cannot do layers. And I watched him, and it wasn't the bad takes. It was looking at that outfit and just imagining how uncomfortable and sweaty and itchy I would feel wearing that outfit. While wearing like a Willy Wonka top hat. Like, what are are we doing here? But he did, I don't know if this was fake or not, but I saw a quote yesterday from him that was supposed to be from him that was basically like, why can every random jackass go on TV and spit a dumb opinion every week and it doesn't cause a dust storm, but when I do it, it does? And I thought, well, that's kind of, I mean, there's a lot of bad takes out there. I disagreed strongly with what Cam Newton had to say. That was his defense. That was his defense. It was like, people say dumb stuff stuff all the time why is it such a big deal that i said something dumb why can't i have my opinions on quarterbacks well you, you can yeah. I, and i thought well, valid point valid argument it doesn't mean it's not a dumb take there's a lot of dumb takes out there yeah and he it, it just was i i love how we've turned the phrasing game manager into a negative thing that's you, the worst thing that's happened to football it, it, it really is i mean obviously the mahomes of the world stand out for obvious reasons but I don't know. How about doing the game plan, executing and winning football games is, you know, it matters. Being efficient (laughs) and not turning the football over and not taking bad sacks. It's important. Breaking news. It's important. (laughs) Um, I wanted to get to something from Zig or Zag. By the way, Terry Middleton from Horns Illustrated at the bottom of the hour. Uh, I wanted to get something from NFL Zig or Zag. I noted this on the show page yesterday. When we we were looking at the top of the NFL, we all have different opinions and thoughts and feelings on all of these teams, right? Like some people are still in the count Mahomes out on your own dime. Good mm-hmm. luck on that. That's scary. I've watched Kansas City and I'm not counting him out, but I certainly don't feel as in nervous or scared to yeah. bet against the Chiefs as I have in uh, years previous. 100%. I zig or zagged you into something and I wanted to ask you like in all honesty, did I kind of force the zigzagging of you yesterday out loud picking the Ravens to win the AFC? Did my zigzag kind of force you, feel like it forced you into making a pick on December 13th before the regular season's concluded that the Ravens are going to win the AFC? Uh, I mean, you force it a little bit, but if you would have asked me just randomly, like, hey, Dirt, who's your favorite? Who would you pick to win the AFC right now? I, I would take the Baltimore Ravens. I, I think they're the most proven team. They have quality wins. Now, hold on. Yeah. Can I interrupt you here real quick? Fire away. You said proven. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is I get what you're saying, but I think a lot of people that don't believe in Lamar in Baltimore, mm-hmm. they tend to have weird games. Look at the Ram game a week ago. Yeah. 
They won that game, by the way. They it did. should be pointed out. Teams win close games in the NFL. They've also lost at home to the Colts. They have blew a double-digit lead to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are awful. Mm-hmm. I just more am asking, when you say proven, I think more people would actually speak up and say, proven what? They've won one playoff game. Yeah. In this Lamar era, one playoff win. Mm-hmm. So I guess their term of proven, you're talking about regular season. I think most people say Baltimore what have you done in the playoffs for me? There's a comparable team in the NFC, I think, to, to Baltimore that I would not make this argument for. And it's because of one major looming issue that Baltimore doesn't have. If you would ask me, would I pick the Dallas Cowboys to win the NFC? I'd laugh at you and say no. They haven't been able to do it in the playoffs. And, and predominantly, they haven't been able to do it against one team who is standing in their way. And there's not a person with a brain, maybe it doesn't go this way, but there's not a person with a brain that would pick Dallas to beat San Francisco in the playoffs. There just isn't. We've seen that game play out. They played back-to-back years in the playoffs. They played in the regular season this year. It was 42-10. to 10. They got embarrassed. Everybody is going to pick San Francisco in, the, in that game if they end up playing at some point in the playoffs. Doesn't mean that the Niners are guaranteed to win, but they're going to be easily favored to do that. This is the unique, unique thing about Baltimore for me this year. They have dominating wins over teams that I consider to be good teams. They got a healthier Seattle team and beat them 37 to 3. Detroit was playing as good as anybody in the NFL. They beat them 38 to 6. That was when kind of Detroit stuff kind of started. It fell going. apart, man. Yeah. They beat Cincinnati with Joe Burrow twice. Now, the first game that Burrow played, he wasn't very healthy, and I think he got banged up, or I can't remember how healthy he was for the second one, but they beat him twice. Like, Baltimore has a solid resume. They're likely going to finish the number one seed in the AFC. And there's just not anybody else in the conference right now that I have a world of belief in. There just isn't. Kansas City would be the only other strong argument you can make to me. That's your second pick? If we're in a courtroom because of the Mahomes factor. But they're going to have to go on the road. They've never had to go on the road in the playoffs. They might not even win their division. We'll wait and see on that. They might not even get to host one playoff game. So good luck winning three games, let alone not having a bye and having to go on the road for all three with wide receivers who suck. Their wide receivers are terrible. There's footage out from their game, not just the Tony lining up offsides thing, but it's Mahomes. Somebody had an all-22 cut they put together of him just yelling at receivers to line up in the right spot. They can't even line up pre-snap right now. That's how bad they are. And so it's not necessarily just I'm all in on Baltimore. They've shown me enough because all the points that you make are valid. It's who the hell else are you taking? Now, football's random, so there's a good chance they probably don't end up doing it. But if I'm putting a bet on somebody right now, now, Baltimore is my pick to win the AFC. You know, and Buffalo Buffalo has to win a decent amount of these games. Some of the teams at the bottom of the picture are going to probably play themselves out. Houston, I think they've had a great story. Yeah. Stroud, I don't know if he's going to play yet. He's still in the protocol. Doesn't sound like it. And they've lost Nico Collins uh, and Tank Dell. Like, they've, they've had, they had some tight end issues. They had massive injuries going into that Jets game and during the Jets game itself. Kansas City's interesting to me. Because, yeah, Mahomes, oh, it's terrifying. The defense is good. It is. I just think as good as Mahomes is, man, you're seeing him scramble and, like, have to roll out of the pocket in ways we haven't seen because his guys can't get open. And his line's only going to be able to block for so long. So it's, it's, it is terrifying to probably bet against Patrick Mahomes. Imagine the Chiefs coming to Baltimore. Divisional round game. Here comes Kansas City into Baltimore. You're probably, maybe not you, but the proverbial us, we're going to look at that and we're going to be terrified to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. But they're not that good of a team. This year they're not, no. And and I don't mean that as a slight. Their defense is stellar when they're healthy. But 
uh, those receivers, they're just so bad that they 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 have knocked him down. I saw our friend Eric Eager said if he could vote, he'd vote Mahomes MVP. I kind of think it's a little ridiculous. I get where he's coming from, though, because if Mahomes is not perfect, that team doesn't have a shot because nope. of how bad their skill position players are. No, it's more even for me on a Baltimore thing of just like, this has to be the year. <laughs> like, you've, you've fallen short in the playoffs. The AFC is a gauntlet. It's going to be back to being a gauntlet. Now, who knows with injuries, right? But Burrow's going to be back and healthy. Buffalo could fire their coach and go get an offensive guy that unlocks Josh Allen even further. Kansas City will draft some wide receivers. Like, those teams aren't going anywhere. Maybe the Chargers and Herbert pull their head out of their ass and hire a competent head coach. Like, the AFC's only going to get tougher. At the start of the year, if you looked at it, you'd say, God, what a brutal stretch you're going to have to get through. Look how crazy that run is going to be. Now, Burrow's out of the way. Mahomes doesn't have anybody to throw to. Herbert's definitely not in the mix. Nobody's really buying Jacksonville. Nobody's buying Pittsburgh. Nobody's buying Pittsburgh, Indy. You know. like it, Houston, as you said, fun story. They're not. Nobody's scared of playing Houston in the playoffs. Denver's got a good defense. They can run the ball. Nobody's scared of playing Denver in the playoffs. Like This has to be the year. Everything is kind of aligned for you. You've stayed relatively healthy at key positions. I know you've had some big guys out for the year, but Lamar has stayed healthy to this point in the year. Like you got to strike while the iron's hot and capitalize on a bit of a pathway for yourself. Uh, coming up next, I read something yesterday I found very interesting on a bowl preview, a big matchup, one of the playoff games. I want to get to that coming up next. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Terry Middleton will join us at the bottom of the hour. Horns Illustrated. Uh, I wanted to get to this. I I thought these were really good reads. Um, I'm looking forward to the playoff games. And uh, I want to see Bama beat Michigan because I have a bet with Ken Barkley, but I'm also mm-hmm. looking forward to UW Texas. Of course, New Year's Day is going to be awesome. It is. And uh, there's a couple articles on ESPN about how the 2023 Longhorns were built and how the 2023 Huskies were built. Ah. There were some numbers on some of this stuff that 
I wouldn't say I was surprised, but it was a little higher than I thought. Mm. Because when when we say Washington, for example, Dirt, I believe when we say Washington, most people would say Portal? Because you're thinking DeBoer, new coach, Penix obviously in New York. I think it's beca- I think it's mainly the quarterback. It, Michael Penix has been the face of that program, you would argue, for two years, and he was a transfer portal guy. 77.8% of Washington starters are recruited. Uh, these are recruited guys. This is a very experienced team through recruiting uh, the, the traditional way, not necessarily through the portal. When you look at the numbers of Texas uh, and Washington, for example, like on defense, Washington, 87.9% of tackles, 89.5% of their sacks, and 81.3% of their interceptions by recruited players. Oh, that's a pretty high number. So, like, Kalen DeBoer, when you read this, they don't recruit at a very elite level, mm-hmm. but what you discover is Kalen DeBoer has a little bit of, like, Jonathan Smith in him. He likes to get the two three-star guys because I think they're handicapped in a certain way with recruiting high school players for whatever reason. And he likes to morph them. Like, there's guys on this team that next year we're going to know their names more of because they're not starting right now. Yeah. But they feel confident in their growth. I went and read the Texas one, and it's very similar. Uh, If you look at Texas, the big thing for Sark when he got there was Xavier Worthy, the receiver. He's a stud. Now they've added Mitchell from Georgia on the other side. Quinn Ewers is weird. It counts as a portal, but many people think because of the way state Texas law was that he went to Ohio State for the NIL – knowing he was going to end up transferring back to Texas and becoming a Longhorn quarterback. But they're much like Washington. 86.4% uh, of their starters are recruited players. Yeah. They have 55 of the top ESPN 300 players from the last four years. And I just I, I can't wait for this matchup in particular because styles make fights. And this has all the makings of a 37-34 maybe even higher scoring affair where there's big defensive plays made in key moments, but we still get rewarded with really elite offense. The numbers on Washington is interesting because I think that if you're a Husky fan, the only thing that would concern me, there's literally only one thing left. Kalen DeBoer is an unbelievable coach. The X's and O's. Ryan Grubb's a great OC. Like They have proven it to turn Penix into what he was and to what he is now. A remarkable coaching job. The only question about them is talent acquisition. Their recruiting class is not very good this year. They've done well in the portal, picking and choosing the guys that they want, and obviously getting Penix to come back for another year, I would count as a massive portal win because he could have gone on the NFL, and who knows what the Huskies look like this last season. But it's the numbers that you point out of how much production they have had from guys who were recruited by past coaching staffs. There's not a lot of freshmen and sophomores that are playing in their too deep this year. They aren't really necessarily Kalen DeBoer guys. And you could go back and look and say, well, he's doing more with less from a recruiting standpoint. Washington under Jimmy Lake was a decent recruiter. Like their class in 2019 was 15th in the country. That's not top 10. It's not top five, but 15 is respectable. And you can get by with that with good coaching uh, at a lot of different places. The year before that, they were 16th. So this is a team that recruited at a top 20 level leading into Kalen DeBoer getting hired. And you mentioned some of them are diamonds in the rough. Undoubtedly, they are. And I don't know the numbers from the recruits on defense off the top of my head, but I know Roma Dunze was a highly touted recruit. So was Braylon Trice. Uh, so was Braylon Trice. So was Jalen McMillan. So like they've had a lot of those guys who are big difference makers. The unique thing about Washington in this playoff what they're trying to do has only been done once in the history of college football one time and that is a roster that is sub 50 percent blue chip 
winning a national championship. There's only one team that's ever done it, and it was 2010 Auburn. They had Cam Newton as their quarterback, and they beat my team, and Dyer was down. We don't need to get into that. That's the only time it's ever happened. Texas, Alabama, and Michigan, all north of 50% blue-chip ratio on their team. Washington is the only team this year in the playoff that is sub-50%. So I'm fascinated to see how those matchups play out and and to see, honestly, offensively, this has everything that you, would, that you could ask for in terms of a shootout. Like, I think there's a decent chance Alabama and Michigan's a little boring, a little more low-scoring. Michigan's a defensive team. Alabama can't really throw the ball, but Milrow can run. I don't trust J.J. McCarthy. I can see that being lower-scoring. I could see this one being the with the with the weapons that Texas has, Quinn Ewers being healthy finally. He was also banged up and missed a couple of games this year. Penix is healthy. All of Washington's receivers are healthy. Like, give me a fifty nine fifty five shootout. I would love every second. You think of it'll that. get that high? I think it has a chance to get that high. I really do. Texas's pass defense is not good, mm-hmm. and I know we're reacting to the way Washington played against Oregon, and maybe defensively that's who they're going to be in this game. This has not been a good defensive team for a large chunk of the year, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a shootout. I would label it a timely defensive team. Yes, that's fair. Timely. They come up with uh, plays when they need them. Yeah, their numbers don't pop, but they make that play or they have a performance like they did in the Pac-12 title game. Uh, Their corners are really good. Uh, Obviously, Dominic Hampton has been there a long time. Another recruit that's Mm -hmm. been there for a while making big plays for him. I wanted to ask you about him too. Ryan Grubb. A lot of the coaching vacancies have been filled. It's weird, isn't it? Maybe he's just happy sticking around. His name was one of the front of the line names last year. Alabama wanted that dude. Yeah. And he chose to stay with Kalen and Boy. He's been with the Boar for a long time. They have a good relationship. I I know they're in the running for Will Howard. I don't know if Will Howard's going to pick them or a different program. Him and a Mississippi State corner are both visiting this week. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know how, despite what the money is, when you're looking at the teams that are looking for the quarterback, is, is there a better one than Washington? If I'm if I'm a player that wants to succeed and boost my resume, being a good offense, yeah, being a good offense that's friendly to me and my skill set, yeah, I, like Florida State's a great spot. Obviously, Miami wants to throw bags at guys. Of all the places, I don't know how Washington. I'll be surprised if they don't land one of these dudes. How do you watch Penix do this yeah. and watch what DeBoer is and see what they're doing now and say I can be that. I think the question I would ask is, you're not wrong at all. The, the only question I would have is, who's at wide receiver? Who's sticking around? Adunze's gone. There's a chance. If McMillan comes back, Polk, those guys are all back. By all Bernard means. Bernard will be back. Bernard, will, yeah. I think he redshirted this yeah. year. And then you got that um, freshman kid. I forget his name, but he played a little bit in the Duck uh, Pac-12 title game. Sure. Yeah, I'm blanking on the name, but I know yeah. who you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? about? Yeah. Um, but the, I... That to me would be the only question: is who who do you have at wide receiver, and who am I throwing the football to? Because you have to you have to be able to. Roma Dunze is unbelievable. Don't you? Okay, so let me ask you this, and then we can talk with Terry Middleton. Of, and for that note, by the way, Oregon's yeah. facing the same thing because Troy Franklin's likely going to go to the NFL. Easily the best receiver in Oregon history. They have not had a number one guy like that in a long time. And if I'm Gabriel, that's the question I'm asking: like, who's my number one wide receiver going to be? Probably Tez. Yeah, but Tess right. is more of an undersized slot guy. Like, not saying he can't have a bigger role in the offense. Trayshawn Holden's a big dude. He's a big dude. I don't know if he's quite at that level. He's okay. got talent, but he, I don't think he's a true number one game-changing wide receiver. What and about uh, Jurian Dickey? He, he could didn't be. do anything this year. He's a freshman going on yeah. being a redshirt. You know, I think he played in four games, so he's going to be a redshirt freshman. Maybe he's ready to take that role on, but that's an unknown quantity. The one thing I think we... I don't want to say we we do a disservice or we mean it in a disrespectful way, but I do think we should change our thinking on it. Like, hasn't the way Kalen DeBoer started at Washington lend itself to you guys? I know it does me. When you ask that question, who's he out to throw to? I kind of don't care. I kind of I, I know that sounds dumb, but 
he's had such a great start and proven people wrong in many spots that I kind of just look at it and assume he he knows who those people will be. And his system will get anybody that they're going to put out there open. Roma Dunes a special. I thought he should have been the Blitnikoff Award winner. He's one of the best wide receivers I've seen in this conference ever in my life. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite Huskies ever. You may not be able to have a Rome Dunze, but I think you can have a bunch of McMillan, Bernard Polks, whoever they in, if it's them themselves or mm-hmm. other guys. Yeah. We don't question when Oregon's lacking something. You 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 just question the receivers, but like I don't question things when guys are elite at something. Landing and company, they've been a really good team and they're elite recruiters. I don't really question it. I think they'll figure that out. Mm-hmm. Same with the Boar. I don't know who all those guys will be. But Jake Westover is one of their best targets. He's a walk-on tight end who barely ever played football in his life. No doubt. So I just kind of look at coaches like DeBoer, and I don't ask those questions as much. I kind of just go, I think that guy will figure that out. Yeah, the only, I, 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 I agree with the overall sentiment of the passing game. I also don't think Roma Dunze's grow on trees and Washington's offense is what it is without Roma Dunze. Certainly not. Like, that's a first-round NFL draft pick. And their offense, I, I think Washington is such a unique team. We're against it already, I know. Yeah. They're such a weird team because they started out the year playing like a top-three team in the country that nobody was going to be able to touch. They look so good. They beat Oregon the first time in Seattle, and you're like, oh, my God, here, here come the Huskies. And then they played bad football for basically two months. They won all their games, but it wasn't pretty, and they played down to a lot of teams. What was one of the main issues that plagued them offensively in that time? They got banged up, and they didn't have their full complement of wide receivers. They lost McMillan for almost the so whole year. This is my larger point. is like Taking a star out of that offense took you from this level down to this level. Mm-hmm. I'm moving my hands. It's bad for radio. <laughs> but it took you from an unstoppable right. offense to like, hey, we didn't score an offensive touchdown against Arizona State. I still think Jimmy's and Jones will always matter. Mm-hmm. And maybe he can scheme you up to be good enough. But Roma Dunze is a top 15, top 20 pick in the NFL draft. Those guys don't grow on trees. You got to go find the next one. And that is the only question that lingers about Washington. 70% of the roster is the guys before his. And he's got to show that he has the ability to go get that level of talent. Because if he can, he's shown what he can do with it. Uh, we'll have more on this game here in just a second. I know Bama, Michigan is maybe the bigger game nationally. I, I think this one might be slightly more entertaining just from the styles and the way that these two teams play. Totally agree. So let's let's do a preview. We're going to start doing some bowl previews here because our year is winding down, and we're really into this game. Texas-Washington in the playoff. Terry Middleton covers the Longhorns for Horns Illustrated. He joins us for the Daily Ticker next. What is his perspective of the Huskies and where Texas is at going into that game? That's next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 
In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Thursday. We were just talking Washington and Texas. Let's keep it going. Sugar Bowl, the college football playoff, and uh, let's get the pre- Preview from the side of Texas here of Terry Middleton of Horns Illustrated. Terry, good morning to you, man. Thanks for hopping on with us uh, here in Portland. Good morning. When this game gets announced, Texas is getting Washington in that first round because we weren't sure where teams were going to fall and who who was going to be in. Is undefeated Florida State going to be left out? Texas fan finds out they're playing Washington. What was the reaction down there in Austin? Well, I'll tell you, the first reaction was uh, they were ecstatic to be in the playoffs because up until that second, Texas didn't know if uh, they would make it in the, the playoffs. And so, um, they, you know, we could have been playing anybody, but they were just static to uh, static to be playing in the college football uh, playoffs. And then Washington, you know, they were glad to, uh, to, to play against Washington. Great team looking forward to the, to the great competition. I'm curious when they lose the red river rivalry, I mean, that's a pretty crucial game. Obviously it means a lot to everybody, but you lose it. And I think the first thing that comes to most people's minds outside of the Texas bubble is one of the playoffs in trouble here. What, what did they say after that game? And what did you see from Texas once they lost that game going, going forward the rest of the way? Well, I got to tell you, it was a bit of a shell shock because of the year before of us blowing them out. Um, you know, uh, the coach of Oklahoma did mention that they had to throw something at Texas they weren't expecting. And so it threw us off our game for several games. Actually, we kind of were wobbling there for a little bit and then we regained our footing. And so, you know, uh, Texas knew that from here on out, they had to win and it was, it was not looking so good. I mean, there was, there was games that were, uh, barely squeaking by. So, uh, it was, they were nervous. Well, yeah, I mean, especially when your starting quarterback goes down, Quinn Ewers, but they found a way to to navigate through it. Uh, if you're going to beat Washington in the playoff, you obviously pass defense is a priority because Penix and all those wide receivers uh, for the Huskies are, are incredibly tough to stop. What what have you seen from Texas's pass defense this year, and how do you think they're ready to face that challenge? Yeah, so this is uh, Texas is uh, you know this is where Washington has us. Our pass defense hasn't. Uh, you know, coverage has not been what like our defense is on the line. So you're going to see, you know, uh, Jade Barron's to has to step it up. Uh, Jaron Thompson, uh, Muhammad's going to have to, uh, Michael Taft. I mean, you're going to see these guys playing at another level. And if they don't, then I don't think uh, we beat Washington, to be honest with you. Mm. I, you know, Washington's uh, Penix is, he's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I'm curious how, what have you noticed about Sarkeesian? Obviously, the former coach of Washington once upon a time, we used to make jokes about Sark when he was at UW that he was his name was Latin for seven and five because that was basically what he was. And, you know, getting to Texas, turning that thing around and getting to a playoff is a, it's a massive deal. What have you noticed about Sark? The pressure cooker of coaching at Texas has got to be probably one of the hottest ones in the entire sport, given the pressure and how quickly they can go through coaches. What have you noted about Sark and his first couple seasons at Austin and just his approach to building out the team that gets him to a playoff? Yeah, you know, this is a very fascinating uh, question because Sarkeesian, yeah, you ever watch a, a an actor come up through the ranks and win an Oscar for their work? And it's because they are enjoying themselves. They're in their element. 
They've been thinking about this. Sarkeesian, I, that's the way he is. You could tell that he is having the time of his life. He's comfortable in his own skin. He knows where he's going. He talked about having a plan that's been three years old, that it's, he's been working his plan. And so he's been dreaming about this job. He shared when he first came to Texas that his dad shared with him that uh, he, he said that Texas was the dream job. And so here he is, and he's embracing it. He loves this place. He loves college football. And I got to tell you, every time we're with him, I don't care if, uh, what happens, if we're winning or losing, doing good or bad, he is always giving, giving, giving to the fans, to the media, and to college football. So um, he's uh, he's in his element. I, uh, you know, I guess if we asked him, he'd be like, I'm, I feel like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, it seems like a guy who's got a good perspective on life after everything that he's he's been through, all the trials and tribulations. Um, Four-point spread for this game, Terry. Texas is a slight favorite, little north of a field goal. I, I view it because of what you just mentioned with their defense as kind of being a shootout. Uh, are you in the same line of thinking? And then just, you know, how do you think this game plays out? Do you like Texas's chances? You know, I I do like Texas's chances, and it's interesting that you said a uh, field goal difference because you know Bert Auburn has been a catalyst, and uh, he's he's won many games. In fact, against Oklahoma, he kicked the winning field goal at, and we uh, gave up that last touchdown in the last minute. So um, it's gonna be it's gonna be the best of college football because um, here we have two teams with opposite you know, uh, uh, skill sets and greatness passing, you know, we have a deep defense, uh, that's going to rush at him and hopefully stop him. If we do stop Penix, I think we got Washington pretty well. Um, if we don't, then it's going to come right down to the wire and it may end up being a field goal difference. I'll be honest with you. Uh, if they get past Washington and and whether it's Bama or Michigan, let's say they win a national championship, was that the expectation going into the year? Is that I mean, I guess it's Texas. Maybe that's the expectation every year. Uh, West Coast people tend to not put as many eggs in those kind of baskets as as maybe the the Midwest, the South, et cetera. Was the expectation to win the title this year, or would that be kind of a a nice little pleasant surprise for Texas fan as they get ready to head into the SEC? Yeah, no doubt. So um, expectations, you know, they're always this talk, but we know from history, it's like, yeah, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> I will tell you this, if I could pinpoint one consistent thing through the season over these last couple of seasons is that Sarkeesian has been trying to take this team and level them up, just level them up, just get better, just forget about trying to win a national championship, be the best version of yourself, play an elite level. Do put in the work and then the outcomes will come. They'll fall where they fall. Right. Cause we're getting, we're getting, we're playing against some elite teams who have that same concept. And so Sarkeesian at the beginning, beginning of the year, we asked him um, how he's running his team. He goes, he runs it like an NFL team. And so you could see this in the mentality of the players and their attitude and how they go about film and things like that. So I think the expectation is playing at a high level and then let the outcomes fall where they may. Interesting. It should be a fun game. I'm excited for it. Texas and Washington, college football playoff semifinal in New Orleans. Terry Middleton of Horns Illustrated with the preview. Thanks so much for the time out here in Portland, Terry. We appreciate it and enjoy the game, man. Gentlemen, have a great day. Oh, Portland, have a wonderful uh, Thursday. Yeah, we will. Thank you. Terry Middleton. How very nice of him. Of HornsIllustrated.com with his thoughts a lot on of the wheeze. semifinal. A lot of wheeze. 
lot of we's. A lot of we's, a lot of us. Terry seems like a really nice guy. Terry, I mean, have you have you uh, been <laughs> spent much time in Texas or Oklahoma? Uh, I have not, no. Uh they're the nicest people. Like they 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 have all this uh, you know, southern hospitality to mm-hmm. them. A lot of us and we's, though. There's a lot of us and we's in those situations. There was a part of me that at times during that interview, it felt like we just put, like picked out a random phone number in Texas and just called and happened to land on a Longhorn fan, and that's just like, hey, what do you think of the game? Well, you know. Well, let me give you some thoughts, Portland, <laughs> Oregon, USA. <laughs> I want to give you a preview right there. Um, is there anything to this storyline for Husky fan? I want to ask that. Also, one thing that could loom large in this game uh, came out yesterday, and we'll dive into both of those uh, next on The Fan. Now, we all have different... Different feelings about old coaches at our schools. Everybody leaves under different circumstances. For example, Jonathan Smith coming back to Eugene in September will be very weird and unique. I'm sure there'll be some Beaver fans waiting outside the stadium to boo the bus as it pulls in. You know how I feel about Mario Cristobal, and I make fun of him every chance I get and still root for his team to lose every game that they play. Is there anything there with Washington and Steve Sarkeesian? Or is that is that ship sailed too many moons ago that everybody's moved on? Can I ask you this real quick? Yeah, fire away. Why do you hate Mario Cristobal? I don't hate Mario Cristobal. I just want him to lose and be unhappy in life. He was a jackass to deal with. He was a jackass to us. And screw him. He left my school. Okay. <laughs> Why do I got to root for him? I, I didn't say you did. I, I just... I. Uh, he he did bring a lot of great things. The recruiting got the profile went up. And sure did. He won conference titles. He won some big bowl games that you know some people still care about. Yeah, he established a culture of offensive line that continues to this day. He did. Uh, I'm not saying he did everything he did at Oregon was bad. I just hate him now. Yeah, and that's I guess that's fair. I just if you removed the sh- the media relationship part mm-hmm. of that, which was always going to be awful. Willie Taggart, I get. Mario, yeah, he did the loyal thing, but Miami comes calling and you want to go to your mom and you want to go home. Like That's hard to say no to. I don't know where Husky fan is on this. I, I, I felt like this would be a slightly bigger story, and maybe it will once the game is a couple days out and we start seeing more and more and they'll lean into the interviews and, hey, you know, Sark coached here. Right. But I think what you hit on there is the accurate part. Hey, he did coach there, and it was... Somewhat polarizing because everybody had the belief that they were going to be elevated to this kind of level that he has at Texas, and they never could quite get there, and then he left. And, you know, the receipts came out of the tequila and the booze, and then obviously he dealt with that at USC. I think just because so much time has passed, I don't know how much it resonates with Husky fan or if they even care anymore. His last year at Washington was 2013. 2013. That's, that's, that's past 10 years ago at this long point. Long time ago. So, yeah, it's been a long time. I don't, and what was he there? Three years? Uh, Four? Five. Five years. Five years. So they were five and seven, seven and six, seven and six, seven and six, eight and four in the last year. And then USC, USC hiring Steve Sarkeesian is still one of the. <laughs> Like stranger. Well, he had the Pete Carroll tie-in. I know, that, was the, the, that was the deal for them. Never won more than eight games at a Power 5 institution, and he got the job at USC. Um, so, yeah, I was just curious if that lingered at all. But uh, 10 years, 11 years, time heals all wounds, and Washington has gone on to better things since he left. I think that's the unique part. Sometimes the, the hatred of a coach will go down if you get better after the coach leaves. Um, well, like I did, too, with they Chris got, They went to the playoff yeah. with Peterson. And I know the Jimmy Lake thing wasn't pretty, but now you're back to being in the playoff and competing for national championships. So the program has been elevated uh, from that point. There is one looming storyline. I don't know if it will have any impact on the game whatsoever, but it should be noted. This is where the college football calendar is just so dumb. It doesn't make sense. 
Malik Murphy is the backup at Texas. He's a very highly touted recruit. He is a, I believe, redshirt freshman this year. I think he's been at Texas for one year. He redshirted last year, and this is his second year there. Um, he un- he sees the writing on the wall that Quinn Ewers is going to be back for another year, likely. Arch Manning is the guy behind him on the depth chart. And so he entered the transfer portal, but he is not going to be around for the college football playoff because it just he has to go commit to a new school because signing day is around the corner. You got to go find a job. He had, I think, quotes saying he want like I ha- I hate that I have to do this. I want to be with my team. I'm making the decision that's best for me because I don't have a pathway to play here in the short term. So I need to go do what's right for me. But I want to finish this with my team. The calendar will not allow me to do it. So he will not be around for the bowl game. If Quinn Ewers goes down, you like Washington's chances to win. But Murphy at least had playing time. I believe this makes Arch Manning their backup quarterback. So if he goes down, it's Arch Manning time in the playoff. I think Ewers has not announced he's going to the draft, and there's a lot of intel that he actually wants to come back. And some reports are suggesting Arch totally cool with just not playing again, I guess. Totally fine, just sitting around and waiting. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know, man. Like We talked about this a few years back when um, – God, there was a quarterback, and I'm blanking, but he had committed to Clemson, and this mm-hmm. was the, this was like the Lawrence era. They were Watson, Kelly, Kelly Bryant. Bryant, and then Lawrence. Yeah, and I don't. Maybe it was Kelly Bryant, but I can't remember who it was. But somebody had committed to Clemson, and I think on the show we something like, "Why would you not just look at the situation?" I think oh, Quinn Ewers yeah. was one of these kids too. Yeah, because he wanted to go make nil money. He had reportedly had a million dollar deal at a high school, and so he reclassified, left early, and went to Ohio State, and we were like. Why are you going to Ohio State? You're not going to play. Look at who, who, who in there. And Fields was there, I think. Sometimes these kids, I don't know, they just get bad advice or because Quinn's you there. Arch commits. Like, yeah. that's the writing on the wall to me. As good as Malik Murphy, maybe he will be amazing. And these guys have an internal belief. But sometimes I look at situations like, how did you not see that this was not going to happen for you? This is a tough part about the portal era. It's just guys are going to get squeezed out. Like Murphy, I want to say, was a five-star recruit, like one of the highest-rated quarterbacks in the country. The very following recruiting class from him, they bring in Arch Manning. And you're like, oh, God. I- <laughs> that would have been it for me. I'd be like, like, well, Arch Manning's I'm- not going to be benched. Exactly. And so I, you know, I, he finally sees the writing on the wall. He had a quote to ESPN saying, I hate it. I hate it. I'm super invested in this team, everything that we've done along the way, all the work that we put in together, all the hard work, especially at this point uh, during the season. Texas did initially have a comment saying if he wanted to stick around for the bowl game, he would be allowed to do so. Um, but because of the window and the portal and committing and all that, he's just he's not going to do it. So I don't know if that'll come into play at all. If Quinn Ewers goes down, I don't like Texas's chances to win the game anyways, but they're back up. Malik Murphy started a couple, I think he started two games and played in like three or four meaningful games for them late in the year. They had the Kansas State game he started. There was one other one in there. He came in at the end of the Houston game that they almost lost because Ewers was down in the second half of the season, and Murphy did not play great, but he at least didn't lose and kept their season alive. Yeah, but you know what's funny is uh, all the noise on the West Coast and maybe even some of the noise nationally with this game, because there are a lot of people that like Texas, it's funny the narratives of the two teams. When I, I've been pointing out, and we've talked about this on the show, I think they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, their offense is somewhat similar in style and what their approach is. They both they both have great wide receivers and can move the ball down the field. Texas also probably should have lost the Kansas State game. Oh, yeah, the Houston game they, they could have lost. The yeah. Houston game, they damn near blew the blew. TCU yeah. game. Like They had some real confusing, puzzling moments. Yeah. And maybe Texas feels good about this matchup. I'd be a little nervous with Sarkeesian over a field goal favorite. And also, I don't know why, but Kalen Abor just somehow gets the best out of his team so far every time he's been the coach at UW. So 
I'll biasly pick Washington rooting for my cousin's team and also the conference. It's interesting just the narratives and the way people are looking at both teams where it's like it's Texas and they're ahead of Alabama. Yeah, but if you watch the regular season, especially once yours went down, had some real close calls that maybe maybe a little lucky to yep. win those games, whereas Washington, it's noted week in and week out throughout the season, man, barely beat Stanford, man, barely won that game. And then they pummel Oregon in the Pac-12 title game, and they go into this game as a dog. And I'm yeah. like, okay, cool. I mean, you could really – it's funny because you can make that argument almost for every team, Sands, maybe Michigan in the playoff, but Michigan didn't play a relevant game for the first two months of the year. Washington was that way. Texas is that way. Look at Alabama almost lost to Arkansas. They struggled with Ole Miss. They Auburn. needed a fourth and 31 yeah. against Auburn. Like, right. They could have easily lost. The Georgia game, they they won, but it was a back-and-forth game that if Georgia doesn't fumble a handoff on the 15-yard line on a, on a reverse, maybe they don't win that game. Like, It's just funny how we will pick and choose which teams we want to criticize for that, and everybody needs breaks and luck to get to where they are. I feel like that's the biases that come out in oh, those for moments, sure. though. You pick and choose the arguments you want to make against what teams you do. Because there's no debating dirt. Like, Michigan would be great for the committee, the TV execs, all that stuff. They're hoping, everybody is secretly hoping at the media hordes, this is a Bama-Texas rematch. That's what they want, yeah. That is absolutely what they want. Two big brands that would go into the national title. Two of the biggest brands in the sport. You could argue the two biggest brands in the sport. Um, Murphy, by the way, an interesting name to keep an eye on. He is in, in similar elk of the Dante Moore and Aiden Child's class, he is a six foot five, two hundred and forty pound just unit. And there's going to be a team out there that gets him and tries. Ohio State, I know, has been linked to him. Washington, I think I've seen some rumblings there that maybe they're sniffing around. I don't know if he's ready to start right away. That's the unique thing about him because he wasn't great when he played at the end of this year last year. But he's got so much potential that he's going to be a guy that coaches covet. Uh, so we'll see where he ends up. But a couple of storylines out of the Washington and Texas game. we got a lot to get to in the final hour. i got a couple of NFL notes I want to talk about. Are we ahead of the worst Thursday night football game in the history of Thursday night football? Because this one might make an argument for it. We also, I thought today, since it's a Thursday, and we usually did it on Thursdays, in bowl games start on Saturdays, we got to pick our Pac-12 bowl games, baby. Oh, we're doing Pac-12 picks against the spread? You bet your ass. One last, the, for the final time. You're selfish. You knew we were going to do that, and you didn't the, remind me because you wanted I mean, that nobody, segment. Nobody knows what the hell is going to happen, you know? Oh, no, I mean, Take but, a shot but, in the dark. But this is the final one, so we'll I don't play know. play taps if, at the end of the segment. This can is can we catch you? Is it over? I'll, let me, I'll pull up the records. We'll get to that okay. in the final hour. we got a lot to get to. Uh, don't go anywhere. Dirt Sprague on 1080 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 